Welcome to Joe Picks, an NFL team. In this podcast, Joe, abandoned by his San Diego Chargers, is evaluating all 32 teams to find out who he should root for next season. Except for there aren't 32 teams left, Joe. There are only four. And in this episode, we are going to cut that down from four to two. The most contentious, difficult, tough, well-researched decisions to date, perhaps. We'll find out. Let's do it, Joe. two matchups this week we're going to be done in like 15 minutes here wow this is going to be perhaps our most listened to podcast i mean joe we've football has happened we've watched football yes i i have now entered into the 2017 18 season without a team wow i watched football on sunday and monday and thursday too as a total free agent wow very unique experience. I watched your former team play because I, uh, in my fantasy matchup against Riley the Diabetic, all I needed was five points out of the great coup sensation of the Los Angeles Chargers, and he could only manage three extra points in a game-ending blocked field goal, <laughs> which left me... Just one and fractions of points behind to lose my first round matchup, Joe, or my first week matchup. What a disgrace. Yeah, I watched the Charger game too. I mean, mostly to see how I would feel about watching the Chargers not as a Charger fan, which is really my first, I mean, preseason doesn't count. So my first experience with that. And like, you know, you always wonder, like, am I going to watch this and and sort of still feel for the team? And it was totally interesting because I had this weird mixed emotion of on one hand, like really still loving the players on the team and wanting them to be successful and feeling a connection to them, but actually in a lot of ways rooting against the team. Like I, I now sort of want them to lose because I don't want the chargers who aren't the San Diego chargers to do well. Yeah. Well, Joe, I don't think you're going to have to wish too hard for that because they were, they looked awful. And, you know, to your point about your players, like I was in another fantasy league, I had Keenan Allen versus Antonio Gates. And I was like, oh, oh no, if Antonio Gates scores a touchdown, I'm going to lose. Antonio Gates looked awful. (laughs) Philip Rivers looked awful. Like, I think your old, your old uh, favorites on the team are going to be out of the league pretty, pretty soon. Yeah. I mean, they, you know, they look better down the stretch, but like, it's like leave it to the Chargers to take a game that they were losing for ninety percent of the game, had no real right to win, and still lose it in a chargery fashion. <laughs> I know, like that one. You know, my man Koo, he nails the the first kick, but you know, I, I'd heard the timeout called, so I knew it didn't count. On the second kick, there were like three different guys who could have blocked the kick. It was a disgrace that for the entire line, and it's just that's just classic Charger thing. It comes down to the key play, and it's like. The people on the line have the simple job of like preventing the, like the entire defensive line 
from getting five yards deep into the backfield. Yeah. Something they do every time, except for when it matters the most, and then they don't <laughs> know, at all. I know, I know. It was awful. I was not rooting for the Chargers. I felt, I felt nothing in my heart other than affection for the players and spite for the Spanoses. They were bad. I mean, that uh, drive at the end, I mean, they lost the game, so I guess it's kind of like they bungled it, but it's sort of it, they they lost it on a missed field goal as opposed to something else, but that was terrible. I mean, they were just wasting time, wasting timeouts. They were bailed out by a, a pass interference. I mean, it was it was legitimate, but they're bad, Joe. They're, they're going to go, you know, 5-11. Oh, yeah. and, well, and, and also, I mean, this is, you know, the Broncos aren't that good either. Yeah, they did not look. I mean, well, Trevor Simeon looked like the greatest quarterback of all time. But that's what then, the Chargers do. They make they make every scrub look like the best quarterback of all time. Yeah. Yeah. So, Joe, I actually envy you in a way because in a shocking twist of television scheduling, the Washington football club versus the Philadelphia Eagles was on my TV screen in San Francisco. You know, I didn't buy NFL Sunday ticket. And I watched the entire game and A... My football team's a complete disgrace. B, the NFL replay system's a complete disgrace. And C, the NFL is a complete disgrace. And after watching that game, I boycotted all the afternoon games. I knew for the importance of this podcast, I had to watch Seahawks versus Packers. But after watching the disgrace of a football game from all sides, except for the Philadelphia Eagles, they actually played fine, I, I couldn't do it. And I did. I watched no further football that day. I did not watch... The Packers Seahawks game. I hope you were watching it as you, as you said, at some sort of bar where you're switching f- back and forth. Well, I didn't do that, but I did watch it. I did watch it. I watched it at home. But uh, I see you're really putting full effort into this, Joe. Hey, you know, I, I I I decided at the end of the day to watch it in the environment where I would most often be watching the game. Yeah, fair enough, Joe. Oh my God, last week. Before the start of the season, a process that started in Seattle and continued in San Francisco, I posted on all 32 subreddits about pulling the sidelines. Wow. That's a lot of work for you, Dan. It was a lot. It was a lot of work. And, you know, to your point, it's kind of scary to post the same thing over and over again. I'm afraid that people are going to like call me out as being a spamming jackass. But that's not really what I and, got. In fact... and. What I do love about it is that, like, there's a mystery around everyone. Like, how is how is this group going to react to it? Yeah. And some of the groups, like, I posted in the Giants section. And the first person's response was like, fuck you. Get out of here. <laughs> I hate you. And then I was like, <laughs> oh, oh, boy. And then I replied and was, like, trying to be friendly about it. And I was like, hey, you know, I've only posted here because the Giants don't have any responses yet. And, you know... If you guys want to be the team that has none, like, you know, that that can be your thing. Good for you. But, you know, I'm just just in case. And then like five people came in and were like, we're sorry about that guy. He's rude. Your site sounds great. And the Giants are one of the like top five teams to sign up. Like over 20 people signed up for the Giants. So, Joe, I ask you, how many total people do you think submitted grades? In order to do this, they had to sign up. They had to give their email address. They had to receive an email. They had to click the email, and then they had to submit the form. The patent-pending, easy-to-use interface of pulling the sidelines. How many people do you think signed up? I see 32 NFL teams. Correct. Uh, 32 Reddit forums. Did you That's even right. do the Cowboys? Oh, Joe, I did the Cowboys. And I the Cowboys were one of two subreddits that banned me. <laughs> 
See, I told you, man, they're they're tough. But they both uh, banned me after the fact. Like the like the Cowboys one in particular got was like shot to the top. Has like twenty comments, really helpful, friendly. And then it's like two days later, they banned me, and the Green Bay Packers banned me, and they're like, "You're banned for spamming." And it's like, a I posted this two days ago and already got a million signups, so I don't care. And b like, why are you banning me now? I, I like I posted the thing. Yeah, I it was kind of popular. got what I wanted. Yeah. It's not like like in both forums, the response wasn't negative. They're just banning. They're like, you're not allowed to promote your own stuff. And that just makes no sense to me. Like, if I'm promoting something that the subreddit seems to like, it happened two days ago. It's like, it's not like I'm promoting it again. I, I mean, Well, I that's only... the part that I don't get about it is that, like, that that's the thing on Reddit. Like, that's what upvoting and downvoting is for. Like, if the community thinks that what you're posting is, like, bullshit that you're just doing to, like, make a buck or whatever, then people would rightfully downvote it and it would be gone. Within... Yeah, and they should minutes right but if they think that it's 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 worthy even though you made it and then it's also a dumb policy so so then the only thing that you're allowed to post are so then if 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 espn did this and you as a poster went on and said like hey this is a cool espn thing you guys should sign up that would be okay and yet like that is so much less cool than someone who's just a fellow fan making it and like, what if you posted and was like, "Hey, my brother-in-law made this." Like, that's right. okay. That's not self-promotion, right? And yeah, like, for it, me, they were like giving me suggestions and ideas, and I thought there were some good ideas that I'm going to like integrate into the site. And I was like engaging with them, of course. I, I just it's don't a weird, like, yeah, no, it's a weird way of of almost punishing people who are creating content of any kind in favor of just sort of like the the mass media, right? I don't know. It's odd. Yeah, and they and they banned me after the fact. And they were like, "Ugh, you, you've you know." They looked at my posting history and saw that I posted it in like all thirty two. But you know what? As I said, I replied to somebody who was like, "Oh, you're just spamming this everywhere." I was like, "If I was posting this and getting negative reactions, like I would have stopped posting after like two because I can't stand the you know if they're just if people just downvoted it and like insulted right. me, I'm not going to do that thirty two right. times. But like everywhere I post it, literally every single time." That maybe a few of them had a smattering of negative comments, but the the comments are like over like ninety percent of them were positive. And I have a very thin skin, Joe, so like even that ten percent hurt, but it was really overwhelmingly positive. Yeah, well, I mean, I think it's a generally cool site, and it's also something that like there's no negative angle to it. You know, you don't have to pay my, right. Like, like yeah. people should just be excited to do it, or they should be ignoring it. Now, it's not always the case, but like. You know, people should be happy with like, hey, here's a free thing for you that is going to be kind of interesting. All right. So now how many people do you think signed up, Joe? All right. So 32 forums. Let's say that you averaged. Let's say that you averaged seven per page. And let's say our super fans added another 30 to that through their own networking. So let's just go for around 165. Joe, the total number of signups is 397. Damn, Dan. I mean, that's crazy. I would not have expected every single team has at least four except for one, which is, the unfortunately, I actually can't even say it because when I release the site, I'm going to like... You don't want people this, to know which data is, is is bad? Exactly. I mean, it's going to be ambiguous, but <laughs> most of the teams have at least four. Over half of the teams have 10. 
And there's just one, and you know, like four is not good, but you know, four is a variety. Uh, you know, two is pretty bad, but at least the team that only has two, actually, it's like two separate people. So, okay, Dan, that's good. just tell me this: Do any of my teams in the final four have less than four people? Uh, let's let's look. So that one has eleven. That one has fourteen. That one has fifteen, and that one has twenty-six. Oh wow, that's the second most popular one. Yeah. So there you go. So, Okay, yeah. so so all my teams are right up there. All your teams are are well in the positive zone, and I recall these a lot of these threads in particular, and some of these threads were like super positive. Like I I remember so in the the Panthers one in particular too. I remember posting it, and then it was like super popular. Shot to the top was just getting tons and tons of signups, and then like the moderators deleted it, and then we're like, you can't post that. But then at least they didn't ban me, so. Now, Dan, here's here's my question. You have what I think is a good rule that people can't should sign up in the preseason because you're tracking it. But will you allow an exception for me because I I I did not have a team before the season started, but by week two or two and a half or whatever, I'll have a team. But you know, I want to be part of this experience of 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 rating my coach. So, Joe, here's what I will do. Not only for you, but for anybody out there who hasn't signed up yet, you can uh, you're, you can sign up. You'll get the quarter one ballot. The quarter. So I've decided I'm just going to do four ballots in the year after game four, game eight, game whatever, and then after the whole season. And you know when you'll sign up, you'll pick a team, you'll get it. However, your data will not be included, or it will be like. I maybe I'll include it, but like do it at a lesser rate because the whole point of it, Joe, is how the existing people change. Because otherwise, if you come in, you know your system. It, like I need to see how the existing people are changing throughout the season, not to see what the okay, exact. Okay, but to be like, fair, but to be fair though, Dan, whatever team I pick, you can actually go back to my podcast about that team and know what I rated that coach before the season started. It's just not logged in yet. All right. Well, Joe, I'll tell you that I'll count it, but I'm definitely not going to. I'm, I'm making no special exceptions for you. God damn it. Okay. You're out. You're out. And also, boy, that new Chargers head coach, uh, I don't know. He was, it seemed like he was, he had a lot of success running the ball in Buffalo. He just seemed to be really trying to make the running game work when it really wasn't working over and over and over Look, again. Look, you got to give him time. You got to, you know, it takes it takes a while. Yeah, Look. I'll give him some time, but that that has five and eleven written all over it, and aging franchise quarterback probably not going to be replaced. Yeah, oh, and and a potentially resurgent Rams franchise in L.A. I mean, yeah. Chargers are just going to be boxed out everywhere they go. And the the USC football team did great. I mean, the, their new Sam Darnold is like yeah. actually the future. Yeah, LA so Galaxy are going to sign sign Ronaldo probably next year. No so, way. Well, probably. I mean, where maybe he'll want to go to New York. Ronaldo's scoring Champions League goals today. There's no way he's going to the MLS. I bet he goes to the MLS. Yeah. Think how much money he'll make. Oh my God! LA Galaxy in the Champions League. How cool would that be? Oh, that'll never happen. I mean, How? they would also lose every game 14 to nothing. I mean, it would be ugly. What would it take for MLS to like get one bid, you know, get in the Europa League? Just give them a chance to win the Europa League and get to the Champions League. Well, the problem is, is that 
is that it's, well, I mean, if you want to know like the real answer, the problem is it's, it's Europa. It's run by UEFA, which is the European Federation. So mm. it would, I mean, the U.S. would have to join the European Union. Like we actually, yeah. CONCACAF has its own Champions League. It's just boring and no one watches it. Yeah, and the U.S., from my understanding, never wins. The Mexican teams always win. Yeah, because the U.S. teams are not as good. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I don't think, think the U.S. Uh, even gets the final. I think the Sounders are the team that's made it the furthest, I think. And I think we've made it to like the semis one year. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, it's it's tough. I mean, look, eventually we'll be better. You know, the MLS is getting better every year. Yeah. Except for we lost Pulisic. God, he looked good, Joe. Future, future Tottenham Hotspur. No question about it. Yeah. All right. Anyways, what were we talking about? This is going to have to be a two-parter with the first part just inane <laughs> bullshit. Uh, yeah. I think you were about to read some mail. Joe, I, I mean, I as I was saying like so long ago, I really envy you because, man, my team stinks. The NFL stinks. And I, after seeing my football team play such a shitty game one, it's like... I really just might tune out the whole season, maybe until the playoffs. And you, so when we're looking at your four teams, I believe two of them were playing each other, obviously, so only one could win. And then the other two won. Maybe not in, like, resoundingly good fashion, but, you know, your teams are essentially three and one with, one. you know, that was the best record you could have possibly hoped for. Right. I mean, that's exciting. No, it's an opportunity. Absolutely. I mean, this is, this is exciting. And I could pick a team based on like my own standards that I want. And, you know, I think uh, really, you know, I think, look, the Chargers leaving San Diego is the best thing that ever happened to me. Well, yeah, not, I not mean, ever, but like it's up there. I dare say, Joe, when you pick a team, I think I'm just going to root for this team, too, because my team stinks and I need another team to root for. And I well, might Dan, root for a lot of pressure on me. Now I have to think about your needs and your interests. Come on. Well, maybe I'll just make my own choice. <laughs> All right, well, we'll have to, uh, season two can be Dan picks another NFL team. All right. Getting Let's into the mailbag from Sarah. Superfan Sarah. Superfan Sarah, who told me that she refused to write in. But okay, apparently she did. Superfan Sarah. She says, pick the team that everyone doesn't want you to choose because at heart you are the biggest contrarian or pick no one because that is your favorite default. XOXOX Sarah. Sarah knows my favorite uh, thing when confronted with a difficult decision is to do nothing. Yeah. I mean, look, Which Joe. Which is very often the right decision, by the way. The NFL has really jumped the shark. I know, but I still had fun watching it on Sunday. Yeah. I, I did have fun watching that Monday night game, but that was I was only watching it for fantasy football purposes. And, I mean, to that end, like, the coup... The field goal kicker is like so fun to root for because I am like rooting for the offense to do well, but then not do too well. And, you know, and then at the end of the game, it's like that field goal kick. Literally, my entire week came down to that kick and then the kick is blocked. And then it was very sad. But, you know, I, I was moved. Yeah. I mean, when we talk about the games that I watched this week, I mean, I'll I'll tell you the things that like excited me. And like when you kind of are reminded like, oh, yeah, the sport can be really fun when it's at its best. Yeah. Okay, from Andy, who might be a super fan, but sent it to the regular email. And he said, next season, Joe picks a newfangled video game that doesn't make him sound like an old man. <laughs> was that in reference to our hatred of Madden? Uh, it was, Joe. It was. I stand by everything we said. 
Okay. And our final non... We have a few emails related to the matchups, but I'm going to save those for the matchups. But here is our last unrelated email from Superfan Bez. How did he do? Whoa, wow. Superfan Bez. 1-0. Fourth place. Top of our division. Top of the research division. Wow, congratulations. To Joe Spanos. Yes, that's right. I named the Spanos. Just wow. finished listening to the episode where you betray the Chargers and knock them out. I truly thought they would make a run in the playoffs and you would find yourself back home as a fan of the team once again. I was dreaming of a Raiders versus Chargers matchup where you scream, fuck the Raiders, as you knock them out. But you let me down, Joe. Yes, the team abandoned you, but now you have abandoned me, a former fellow Chargers fan. Just like the Spanos family, you have left loyalty behind and moved elsewhere. However, I feel as though the LA Chargers never stood a chance due to the inherent bias in the podcast premise. Therefore, I will be creating a petition to resurrect the Los Angeles Chargers as a surprise zombie team that reemerges in time for the final. No baggage, but a fresh start that you will look at with a fair perspective. Your Chargers family awaits your return as the prodigal son. Hashtag bolt up. Hashtag fuck the Spanos. Love and hugs. Super fan Bez. I mean, how many how many signatures on this petition would Bez need to get for us to make that happen? Uh, well, I mean, by the time this thing is done, the Chargers, I'm sure, are going to put up another stinker of a game. So at that point, <laughs> do you really want to jump on a... You know, the, the thing is, when you pick the team next week, unless the Seahawks advance and the Seahawks lose, like the team will be at least 1-1, one and one, which is fun. I mean, that team has a chance. The team probably will be 2-0. and oh. If you're with an 0-2 team, I mean... You're just yeah, that's joining. <laughs> You're just right back in mediocre central, Joe. I don't know. Dan, let me take a privilege for a second. Let me just talk directly to Bez for a minute. Bez, my friend, fellow former Charger fan, it's time to let go. The Chargers were great. They were one of the most exciting franchises to root for in the NFL. Great players, great city exciting games. I mean, and they were so good. They had Tomlinson and they had Phillip Rivers and they had Drew Brees and Antonio Gates. I mean, they, they were the best team. They, they should have won multiple That year they were so good. They were amazing. And And LT was like always the number one pick in the draft for like five years in a row. And never disappointed. Even, even the years where we had crushing Nate Kading caused defeats in the playoffs. I still look back on those years fondly because every week you'd watch a game and you you would know that you were just going to watch this amazing team with exciting players. But it's it's dead. That is dead. It doesn't exist anymore. We're all, anyone who is following the Chargers, who followed them then, is holding on to something that just doesn't exist anymore. And it's important in life, not just in sports, to know when it's time to let go. And it's time to let go, Bez. Wow. Touching, Joe. And actually, that's a great opportunity to bring in another email that uh, actually is related to this that I forgot about from Superfan Tony. So last week, we had Superfan Julia come up with the name Dischargers for former Charger fans. And Superfan Tony chimes in with his suggestion, Stray Bolts. Dan, I've been thinking about both these suggestions, and I think... There's been no piece of media in the world, and I can say this with confidence, no one has devoted more hours to discussing the fallout of the Chargers leaving San Diego. 
than us. We are the, like, if, if, if for some reason historians want to look back and study what it felt like to have the Chargers leave San Diego, our podcast would have to be what they would study. Boy, that's, it's weird <laughs> to think that we do have like some sort of best in the world thing, but it's hard to argue, Joe, with like 40 hours of podcast. Right. I mean, probably even more than that laid down. So, so, so if we leave no other mark, shouldn't we at least get to be the ones to coin whatever the Rams Fugees version for the Chargers is? Well, Joe, you get to coin it. You are, I mean, to your point, you are the like biggest whatever in the world. So you get to decide what you are. Well, what I decide is that I think, I think this should be our final fan poll. Wow. I want the fans to decide stray bolts versus dischargers. Versus, well, people can send in more suggestions too, just in case people have. I would you know, love more suggestions, absolutely. But I think those yeah. two are pretty strong contenders. Yeah. I, I mean, I like them both. I think they both have something going for them in different ways. All right. Well, Joe, let's get into it. Should we start on the left side of the bracket or the right side of the bracket? I, I see no reason not to let Siri pick here. So. It is the eight-seeded Seattle Seahawks versus the home team, the favored fifth-seeded Packers, and the second-seeded Atlanta Falcons versus the 14th-seeded Carolina Panthers. Wow. Wow. Who would have thought that these are the teams that would be through? But here they are. So I'm going to pick, have Siri decide heads. We'll go with the left side of the bracket, tails the right side. Hey, Siri, flip a coin. Heads. Heads it is, Joe. To the left side of our bracket we go, the eighth-seeded Seahawks versus the fifth-seeded Green Bay Packers. Now, Joe, let's set the rules of engagement here. We have four teams. We're going to get down to two, and for this matchup, we have two, and we're going to get down to one. So what are you going to, what information do you require? What is going to be percolating in your brain to get this down to the final matchup? Okay, so there's... There's kind of four things I want to talk about here. I think three of them are related to the game that I watched, the games that I watched. And one of them is separate from the game, but something that I still think is very important. Okay. So in regards to the game, I'd like to just talk about things that I noticed, and hopefully that you noticed too for the ones you watched, that were... I did not watch any of them, Joe. Okay. Things that I noticed. I was boycotting the NFL that day. Totally understandable. Things that I noticed that were broader than just like, you know, what happened in that specific game, but like things that I learned about the team that I think are big picture things, not just in that one specific instance. The second thing I want to talk about with the game is I want to talk about any specific players that stuck out to me. You know, we were talking about like whose jersey would I want to buy coming out of this game? Because that's important. Yeah, definitely. Um, And then the third thing is the more um, ephemeral, like what, what did I feel watching the team? Was I really, was I rooting for them? Was I sort of dispassionate? Where was my heart as I watched? And then the fourth factor I'd like to talk about is one of the things I did when I asked all the Reddit fans to tell me about their team, I asked them to talk about the one thing that is unique about their team that no other team has. Part of it is, 
you know, I think when you when you talk to all these different fan bases and as you look at the NFL as a whole, you start to realize, you know, every fan kind of thinks the same thing about their team with some variations. Like there's a group that think that they're really like badass, like the Eagles and the Raiders and the Giants and they're like, or the toughest, meanest fans in the game. And then there's the ones who kind of see themselves as like scrappy underdogs, but they all kind of say the same things about themselves. So I wanted to weed all that, like all the sort of generic bullshit out and figure out like, what is the one thing that is true about your fan base or your team or whatever that is true of no one else. And so we have those answers too. And I want to bring those into the decision as we narrow it down to the top two. Yeah. Okay. So Joe, you sent me those four Reddit threads and I have in both of those, I think you did, you did us two things for full disclosure. You asked what is unique and you asked them to point out a game that you might want to watch if you were to pick the team. Now, that would be for next round, but I've got the data. Yeah, so, and that was also back kind of when I thought we were going to watch like a random game, not actually a live yeah. game, but yeah. But but it still could be important because they you asked to pick a game that you thought personified the team. And so for all of the four teams, I've I've scoured the Reddit comments. I've figured out what I think is a general theme of each of the fan bases. And I've got emails as well for these matchups. And for this particular matchup, I think I have three different emails. So, Joe, you watched the game. This one was easy. You watched one game. I have the three emails. I've got the Reddit feedback. And you've got your those three bullet points from the game. Where do you want to start? I think we should start with the emails. Okay, Joe. I've got, I mean, I've got emails from from. Whatever you want to go to. So since we've got the, the favored team is the fifth seeded Packers, I'm going to get their negative feedback out of the way first. So they, they have the home team. They've chosen to receive the negative feedback first. And here we go. It is from my week one nemesis who beat me by one point on that goddamn block kick. Riley, the diabetic. (laughs) Dan and Joe, I'm probably late to most of these matchups as they probably already happened, but for you, here are my thoughts on the remaining matchups that I care about. Packers versus anybody they play. Well, the Packers made it this far, and hopefully that's as far as they go. Packers fans have all written in, and I'm sure you can see the turmoil amongst their fan base as the, quote, we don't know who's the most pure Packer fan since half of us are spawns of Joe Namath and an unnamed prostitute anyway, end quote. And as a Vikings fan, but also as an NFL fan, I can nearly confirm that Packers fans are the worst. I know a fair share of fans from the Colts, Bengals, Steelers, Patriots, Saints, Bears, Lions, and Packers. For most of these fans, even the Bears and the Lions fans, I've had regular good discussions about the NFL, what they think of their and my team, and these discussions have been great. There are a few that are love drunk on their fandom. You know, the Bears are going to win the the NFC North this year and, the you know, whatever, which is ridiculous. But those are typically sarcastic, if anything. There's always some ribbing when our teams are playing, but it's always in good fun. However, this does not apply to Packer fans. I won't say this is true of all fans of Green Bay, as I know two fans who are local and from Wisconsin and are from a long line of Packer fandom. But almost every friend I have that is a fan of the Packers immediately becomes insufferable as soon as you bring up anything related to football. Here are some examples. These are true examples from different people and he has recreated the exact conversations joe (laughs) three of them now normally 
I would abridge some of these emails, but they're not all this long. But you know what, Joe? We've we've really got to go deep here. I want to make sure no stone is left uncovered. No word is left unread. There, are you ready, Joe? I'm ready. Yeah, I want to hear these conversations. I, I, want, I want to be transported to these conversations. Okay. I wish... I could do voices. Maybe I'll do I'll do Riley as me, and I'll do the other person as Littlefinger, Joe. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've heard your Littlefinger impression. <laughs> Sansa, I, chaos I is a ladder. Sansa, Sansa, chaos Sansa. is a chaos is a ladder. Chaos is a ladder. I prefer well, you bring back your uh, Confederate gentleman voice, okay. but okay. Well, what is that voice? Uh, oh dear. <laughs> no, that's, <laughs> <laughs> no, doing it as as little finger. <laughs> no, no, it was your your southern gentleman voice that you used for I forget which which episode. Yeah, it I was... mean I practiced that, but I forget how to do that. <laughs> Anyways, here we go. Hey, did you see the Super Bowl yesterday? What a finish! Can't believe the Seahawks threw the ball. No, the Hawks shouldn't have even been there. The Packers should have. I know. I feel bad. I've been there before, and even though I'm a fan of the Vikes, I feel bad for any team that has to go through that in a championship game. No, you don't. You have no fucking clue how much it sucks to lose a game that important. We should have won it. I'm still upset. So that was conversation number one. (laughs) I mean, that is pretty annoying. Yep. Case number two. Me, our hero, wearing a Vikings jersey for the season opener in 2015. Hey, Riley, why are you wearing such a terrible jersey? Hey, Blair Walsh is the best kicker in the league. Why would you even root for the Vikings anyway? They're not even good. Doesn't matter if they're good. They're my team, and I'm going to root for them. Plus, I think they're going to do well this year. Pfft, whatever. Have fun in the bottom of the division. Wait, if the Packers weren't good, would you root for them? The nice thing is I'll never have to worry about that, will I? Oh, God, that last line would have been perfect for Littlefinger. Yeah, I'm not sure what that last voice was. I mean, it just sounds sound like a... <laughs> gravelly cartoon character Sansa the nice thing is I'll never have to worry about that will I Sansa Sansa the nice thing is I'll never have to worry about that chaos is a ladder (laughs) (laughs) okay so that's case number two case number three did you see the Browns logo change they hardly changed the color it was great Uh, other fan that's not Riley but not our villain Yeah, it was super funny. The Bengals put up this Twitter post where they changed their logo too, and it was the same thing as their old logo, but a slightly different color, just like the Browns. They should just switch to a G. That logo is the best logo in football. So iconic. I could go on, (laughs) but those three stick out in my head the most. Joe, I know you're a dick. I'm a dick too sometimes, and I appreciate when you need to be a dick to someone to get a point across, as I do occasionally. But you're not an asshole. You're not more pompous than Joel Austin. You're not someone who has done nothing for their fandom. As you can tell through your podcast, you put in the work, you've done your research, crossed out, had Dan do your research, and you've made important decisions along the way. I can live with you not being a Vikings fan. I can live with you not rooting for other actually wholesome teams like the Texans or the Panthers, but I will not let you fall for the facade that the Packers are a good team to root for. They are nothing. They are nothing. They've always been garbage. Their fan base is filled with a lot of garbage fans who are fans of other teams that are underdogs like the Yankees, the Penguins, and the Warriors. Don't do it, Joe. It'd be better for you to root for no team before you root for the Packers. 
signed Riley the Diabetic. <sighs> yeah, I mean, I hear everything he's saying, but aren't there annoying fans of every fan base? And don't you just notice it more when you're t- it's your rival? It's possible, but I think, as we'll see from the Reddit reactions a little bit, and I, unfortunately for the Reddit reactions, I think the two most interesting facts about the team on Reddit actually come in the other matchup. But it is interesting. Certainly the Packers, though, all had a rationale, that what, what they liked about their team. But I think there are differences. I think, like, the Eagles fans will, like, Really, you post in their Reddit, they all like throw batteries at you, which is kind of like quaint. And the other fans do different things. They're like they're they express their fandom in different ways. And if it is true that the Packers express their fandom as this like Packers above all else, ego, you know, we're so good, whatever. And if if that is true, I think that it might not be unique to just the Packers, but it. Right, I think right. if it were of the Packers, that would be negative. Yeah, totally, totally, and and I think. To an extent, that's a good point. Like that, like, okay, so that maybe, and maybe it's not totally unique to the Packers, but maybe it's something that you would find in like the Packers, the Cowboys, anyone who's decided to become a Patriots fan in the last decade, but wasn't before. To be perfectly honest, too, that's the thing about this matchup, too. I, I could tell you perfectly clear that this is not true for Atlanta or Carolina. And both of those fan bases have different feelings about their team. It might be true a little bit for Seattle, but no, I mean, it, Seattle fans, and this is the thing that's always bugged me about Seattle fans, which obviously I know quite well, is I think it's cool as a fan to be overly optimistic and to have rose-colored glasses. But then also, I, you know, I lived here for a lot of the years when Seattle wasn't that great, but they would win one game and everyone would be like, oh my God, it, this is this is the best defense of all time. You're like, no, it's not like even close to the best defense of all time. No, no, it is. The best defense that's ever played is the Seattle defense in 2004. You're like, what, are you, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. Um, there's a sense of like huge overreaction, which obviously is sometimes justified. They went to back-to-back Super Bowls, won one of them, should have won two of them. Um, you know, people have good reason to be proud of this team, but um, they, are, they are a bit insufferable, that's for sure. Yeah. And Joe, the next email... This one is a multimedia email that unfortunately did not come through. So we'll have to just think in our minds about what it looked like. But I think, Joe, with your imagination, you could, you will not have trouble imagining what this is. This is from none other than the wife of Rob from Aaron. Dear Joe, as a concerned friend, I'm sending you this video to show you the company you will keep if you choose Green Bay or any other team really, purposefully choosing not to support our most awesome home team, the Seahawks. Now, the video that did not send is apparently Rob planning to root against the Seahawks and for the Green Bay Packers at his school's assembly. Yes. Also, another terrible for us, great for Rob consequence, is that as Rob's wife... I would get to give Rob less shit than I do all football season long about being of a fan of a team where he's never lived or even been to. He would totally use you as an excuse of someone else who does it. However, if you do choose the Seahawks, I will get to, and I promise to do so gladly, give him even more shit 
because now I'll be able to say that our loved and respected friend Joe went through a careful consideration and chose the home team. Wow. Go Hawks, Aaron. Yeah, I mean, I am very interested in the fact that my decision will impact someone else's marriage. I like that idea. (laughs) It will. It will. (laughs) I like that idea. I like that power. I mean, look, you know, the the intricacies of what it means to root for the same team as Rob is is just it's such a conversation, right? Like when we've had it so many times and it's still something that weighs on my mind. How can I root for this team? But on the other hand, Rob does not seem to be a representation of this fan base, and I don't think they want him. Yeah. There was uh in the Reddit thread, there was uh, somebody who responded and was like, "Just make sure that Packers fan is not on the podcast." Yeah. Yeah, they don't want him. They they prefer a robless fan base, just as I would. But see, Joe, that all that all fits in. They're like front running homers, and to not have like Aaron Rodgers himself on the podcast, they're like it's not good enough for them because nothing can be good enough for them, Joe. But then, but yeah, but then again, they were very welcoming. Like they want, you know, they're open to new fans. It's not they like they banned were saying, me, Joe. They banned me. <laughs> well, yeah, they didn't like your website, but they love me. They loved our podcast. No, I mean, tons of them signed up, but then they banned me after the fact. I'm just saying the only two fan bases that banned me, and I posted all 32, were the Cowboys and the Packers. And I think that email from Riley the Diabetic, you know, all the things he was saying sort of sounded to me. It, it's, it's almost like they're Cowboys fans, except for the thing about Cowboys fans is it seems like they're really bandwagony fans. Like on the years when the Cowboys are bad. The Cowboys fans, like, you never hear about them. And then the year where the Cowboys are good, they're on Sunday Night Football every right. every week. Every Cowboys fan is out. You know, LeBron right. James is all of a sudden, like, a huge Cowboys fan again. Whereas, of course, the thing with the Green Bay Packers, they're just good every year. So it's possible that every Green Bay Packers fan is just, like, a bandwagon jack, you know, jerk. But they're just, they're always good. So you could, you're just always on the bandwagon. Yeah, I mean, it would be interesting to see what would happen to the Packers fan base if they had a decade of mediocrity. Yeah, it would be really interesting. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I actually don't know. I mean, I don't know if, I don't know how they would sustain that. And eventually, it will. They'll at least have a few years of of being bad, right? Like that's just sort of inevitable that they'll have a five year run. I mean, as long as Aaron Rodgers is in the league, that's not going to happen. Right. But right. Right. This that's once he you know, gets hurt or something or retires, then yeah. If they don't look into another greatest of all time quarterback that they pick at like number 22 or something. (laughs) Who sits on the bench for two years. That And that their existing quarterback was like, hey, you're going to help the new guy get better? And he's like, no, that's not my job. That was one of my favorite moments in like pregame interview history. Yeah. He's like, "Uh, yeah, why would I do that? I'm the starting quarterback. (laughs) Yeah. I have no interest in doing that. Uh, that's just luck boxes. Okay. Well, Joe, the Packers, the first half is over. The Packers received the criticism. And now the second half begins and it's time for the Seahawks to receive the criticism. This one is short and sweet and really not all too specific, but from coworker, super fan Karsten, although he only sent it to the regular email address. Joe, the only advice I have for you is don't pick Seattle. I know you saw that abomination of a game on Sunday they played. Is that really what you want to be stuck with? I think you will find the winner of Atlanta Carolina to be more fulfilling. 
You will get to experience the franchise first Super Bowl, something that never happened in San Diego. Don't you want the first time to be special? And then he posted a tweet that uh, was about USC. But Karsten, I don't give a shit about... Look, after I, I boycotted the NCAA like five years ago after that ridiculous thing they did on USC, and I might be boycotting the NFL sooner, but I don't give a shit about whatever USC is doing. Other than the fact that I do hope they win to stick it to the NCAA. And then what I double hope is that 10 years from now, the NCAA figures out that everybody on USC was using drugs or something and takes it away. But the AP fucking doesn't because the AP is actually a good organization. Anyways, Joe, that's Karsten. He says, he basically said, don't pick Seattle. But his argument almost could be saying for the same for the Packers. Do you think that Karsten sent it to the non-superfan email because he no longer considers himself a superfan after I dropped the Cowboys? It's possible. I mean, Joe, I have been crunching the numbers, looking at the data for our listenership. Our listenership has literally, like, the it has dropped by like 10% starting from the first playoff episode to the last episode. So there was clearly... A lot of people who are just listening. They're just bandwagon podcast fans, Joe. Totally. Well, you know, just like just like the Packers. We don't want those fans. Yeah. We want well, the real fans only. We don't have them anymore. <laughs> it also gone. it also it also, Dan, it might be, just just theoretically, we might be being a little too ponderous about the end of the road here. <laughs> yeah. People people may may have have concluded that I should just pick a goddamn team already. Yeah. Or just boycott the goddamn NFL, Joe. It's a horrible week. Anyways, that's it for the emails. Great emails. Very helpful. Uh, so let's talk about the game, Dan. And so you, just to be clear, you did not watch the game. I did not watch one second of the game. Have you seen any highlights of the game? Uh, I have not. I think the final score is something like, I don't know, like 20 to 9 or something. And I think... Yeah, 17 to 9. And, and I think that Bill Simmons tweeted and said that Seattle got jobs somehow, although there's no, no jobbing no, that could job. have been any worse than the Washington Football Club no. being jobbed. So no. No, fuck they didn't get Bill job. Simmons. Fuck the NFL. Um, I feel like I'm going to say this about every matchup. But, you know, it's one of the things, Dan, about watching in the first week of the NFL is you can't tell whether or not the team that wins is good or the team that loses is bad or what combination there is of that. Yeah. So part of what I was watching for is I'm watching for like, what is the, you know, like, which is, which is happening here? Because both teams were really struggling to get things going on offense. But the yeah, thing wasn't that was the really, halftime score, I think I did see the halftime score was like three zero or something. It was three nothing. It almost was zero zero. And I think they said that would have been, the first ever Packer game to be scoreless in the first half. Wow. Which, you know, football's existed for a long time. Like, first ever anything is, is incredible. Um, the one thing that I think was clear pretty early on, though, is that the, Packer, the Packers' offense was good, but the Seahawks' defense was also good. Uh, and that was the reason why the Packers didn't score in the first half. But on the flip side, the Packers' defense was just okay, but the Seattle offense was bad. Like they could not get a drive going in the first half. The Packers kept like 
moving the ball, doing well, but they were sort of moving it between the 20-yard lines and they never got got in scoring position. Um, but they they got a lot of first downs. The Seahawks didn't even have a first down for like the first like several I, I don't know if they had a first down in the first quarter. Like they were very just they they seemed totally disjointed on offense. They could not get any run game going. So it could be that the Packers defense is also just amazing. And maybe in week five, we'll be looking back and be like, oh, well, of course, the Packers have an amazing defense this year. But at least from what I could tell, it looked like it was actually Seattle's offense. It was just really bad. Yeah. Well, from my listening to like actual football podcasts, which people know what they're talking about. It's also weird when they're talking about a game I didn't see. But they they were basically saying that the Seattle offensive line was uh, – is which apparently their weakness last year, and it's a did not yeah, look good brutal. in week brutal. one again. Yeah, no, no, it's brutal. And then I mean, you know, look, I mean, what what else is there to say about the Packers other than like once they like actually turned it on and and started scoring in the third quarter, like they look great. I mean, they had some just great sustained drives. Um, if I'm thinking about what jersey I would want to buy for the Packers, someone who like I, I guess as a non-Packer fan, I always knew that he was good but never really like paid enough attention to like watch what type of player he was. But man, Randall Cobb is like a super exciting player out there. Wow. Would not have expected that. I mean, maybe he just had like a more exciting, but just like, just like a totally shifty smarmy receiver who would just like seem to be like getting the ball. I mean, just like reminded me a lot of like the, like, like Anquan Bolden type of receiver who's going to come down with like a ton of catches and you know I love those receivers. Yeah, um, I thought Randall Cobb was like hurt all of last year. Maybe he was. I actually like. I he's always just seems like someone who's like has like floated around and been like one of the receivers that you should get in a fantasy draft. But I never really knew that much about him. But just watching this game and he didn't even score a touchdown. But just watching this game is just like he just seemed to be like such a like easy target for Aaron Rodgers and just oh, no, like the he most... was not he wasn't hurt last year at all. No, he was uh, eighty four targets, sixty receptions, ten point two average. That's not bad. Yep, yeah, pretty good. Not pretty a bad little season. He missed a few games, so he might have been hurt at some point. But he played thirteen. The Seahawks, on the other hand, watching this game, I know this is going to be like, people are going to think I'm joking. Honestly, the jersey I'd buy for the Seahawks based on that game is John Ryan, the punter. Who, <laughs> who, let me tell you, I know you think I'm kidding. He was a standout player of the game. I mean, he had four punts, four punts that were inside the 20-yard line. It's pretty good. This guy... This young kid, I think he's like 35 years old. 35, uh, six foot two, 220 pounds coming out of Regina, Saskatchewan. Love the Canadian punter. Four-year, $10 million contract. So John Ryan would be, he'd be my jersey for the Seahawks. Uh, so look, if I'm picking, I mean, from from the game and thinking about like, so, you know, the third thing that... Uh, I want to talk about what the game is like where my heart is. Like, I guess, I guess in a way I probably felt like I was more rooting for the Packers than the Seahawks only because it was so clear that they deserve to win the game. Yeah. That like the Seahawks were sort of just, even a lot of the Packers stalled drives in the first half were just like, they were lucky to stall the drives. I mean, the thing that was interesting about the game is that 
there was a point, I think even in the fourth quarter, for most of the fourth quarter, at least the first half of it, where it was 14 to six. So, so a one touchdown game. Yeah. It never felt like the Seahawks were in the game. Like even with a, a score, so they have the ball. They're only one touchdown and, and two point conversion away. And it's just never, like I had zero confidence that the, 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 the Seahawks could sustain a drive down the field and score a touchdown. It just did, it seemed like it would be the most Herculean task for them to do. So not in any anti-Seahawk way. I just felt like, oh yeah, well, like, of course I, I want the Packers to stop them here. Like they, they're the better team. They're, they're playing much better. See, it's so, funny because when I was watching the Los Angeles Charger game, you know, it's hard to say because my rooting interest was had so much of this coup going with it. So I was really pulling for the Chargers just like from that. But I, when I'm watching an NFL game, I want the underdog to win. And like, I think in the NFL, if the undeserving team wins, like, I think that's pretty fun. Yeah, I mean, and I think I generally agree with that. I mean, like, I know you and I have disagreed about this point. Like, I was rooting for the Patriots to pull off the comeback in the Super Bowl as it was happening because it was like this <laughs> crazy, stupid, historic thing. So I was like kind of excited about it when it once it actually was like, oh, holy shit, this is actually possible. I really wanted it to happen at that point. So I totally get that. You're I'm just telling you my feeling as I watched it was like, yeah, I kind of wanted the Packers to win. Hmm. All right. Well, I mean, the heart wants what it wants, Joe. But I think you're, it's also the games at Lambeau Field. So this, well, I mean, I guess you're not going to have this week to to decide. But, you know, this week the Seattle plays at home. And uh, I don't know where the Packers play, but, you know, I, uh, whatever. It's irrelevant. You have to decide based on that information. Yeah, I mean, look, I mean, I don't want to put too much stock into one game. It might be that these are the two best teams in the NFL. And when the two best teams match up, weird things happen, right? Maybe the Seahawks go on and break off 14 wins in a row. It's not impossible. Um, and their offense is great. It just happens that the Green Bay Packers defense is really good. It just didn't look like that. It looked like yeah, the def- yeah. it looked like the offense couldn't get anything going. Yeah. Well, week one is always, you know, to your point, it's like this after week two, you'll have so much more information because yep. Seattle's yeah. going to play a terrible team in the 49ers at home. Right, you see the and trend. Like, yeah. If they can't get the running game going there, if like they're scoring nine points again, then that's going to be real, real warnings. I mean, if they lose, that's going to be big trouble. Oh, also another question for Seahawks fans. I'd love an answer on this. Jimmy Graham looks terrible. What happened? Wasn't he like the second best tight end in the league at one point? Uh, he, yeah, he was great. I mean, when he was playing on New Orleans. Is it just that the Saints had a really good offense? And so anyone you had there was, was going to seem great? Yeah, I don't know. I thought he was good last year for a little bit towards the end of the season. I think he's just always been hurt. And he looked bad. He know. was like dropping passes left and right. And it's like, man, when you're a tight end, you're, you're kind of, your, your job is to be a big target and catch everything that comes to you. Yeah. I don't know. You know, week one, Joe, a lot of strange yeah. shit happens. No, there's rust for sure. That's a factor too. Yeah, there's rust. All right. So moving on, let's talk about what, what is one unique thing about each of these teams? Well, I just want to, to to summarize. You you found yourself pulling for the Packers. Your your various jerseys. You like Cobb, a smarmy slot receiver, I assume, and the punter John Ryan without an H. I did look it up. Is good stats, Joe. He averaged. He did not give up a single return yard. Four punts inside the twenty. Very no, that good. guy can punt. 
That guy, that guy is not fooling around with the punts. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> Be a great jersey. I mean, I wonder if you get a discount if you get, like, that jersey. Although the Koo jersey is, like, the hottest-selling jersey in the NFL right now. <laughs> oh, my God. Koo sanity. But anyways, so we've got that. And then on to the Reddit. We'll start with Seattle. Not many replies, Joe. You, you didn't post a, a full thread. You only posted a comment. Didn't get a lot of love, but because well, when I posted it as its own thread, they said please post this. The, the Seattle Reddit page has a daily thread, which is just all the conversation from the day is supposed to go into this thread, not yeah. into its own post. Yeah. Well, they their basic reply was their home field advantage is the best home field advantage in the NFL, which in addition to being a unique element, is actually a unique element that you are one of the very few people in the United States that could actually enjoy that, you know, whenever you wanted during the NFL season. And another person posted that they are the only team to have played in both the AFC and the NFC championship games, which is uh, by far the worst of the answers to this question. Although the home field advantage thing is legit. Yeah, I think the <laughs> yeah, the AFC NFC thing is more a trivia point than anything else, but that's okay. Um, yeah, I think uh, the home field advantage is totally unique. I mean, I think the Chiefs probably have a good claim to that. I think probably the Steelers, maybe other teams have a good claim to having uh, like a great home atmosphere. But but look, I mean, I live here. Obviously, people are nuts about the Seahawks here. And the home field advantage is great. So um, I think... I think that's a good one. I think it's true. I think that I think it, if you surveyed a thousand football fans of all teams and asked which team has the best home field advantage, I believe that Seattle would win. And I don't know if it's because it's true or it's because they have the best marketing, but it's some combination of those two. And I believe that it is known among the league that Seattle has like... Yeah. No, I think we talked about this in the Seahawks episode. When you go to the stadium, they have a tracker up there for how many offsides the other team has, which is like a point of excitement for the fans, like make as much noise as possible to try and cause offsides. So they have offsides and, and I think delay of game too, as like their own stat that has its own built in board. Yeah. Which end I, I listened to a podcast this week, a football podcast where they were talking about home field advantage at some point, And they said that some new study had come out that home field advantage is mostly not a big deal but they said there were two teams in particular where the study had shown that home field advantage was a big deal, and that was Baltimore, of all places, and Seattle. Oh, so it's, it's confirmed that there is a home field advantage there. Very interesting. All right. Yeah, no, I think that's a good one. I think, I think I'm, I'm interested to hear what the Packers bring is their one thing, because I think that's a good one. Well, the Packers, I think, we're not always going to be surprised by what the, the people think, because yeah. sometimes what they think is what – People think. I think for, again, we'll have more about this. I think both in Atlanta and Carolina, there are some interesting um, points that kept coming up. But in Green Bay, the point that kept coming up more over and over in people's posts, not an insignificant thing at all. They're the only team owned by the fans. And I thought one poster said it best when he was talking about the team. He said, we, when describing the team, he was like, we had a really good thing. And then he specifically said, and yes, I can use the word we because I am a shareholder of the team and I <laughs> am a part of the ownership of the team. And I think, you know, that is the most 
unique thing about the team. And today, I listened to another Bill Simmons podcast where they were just shredding the Washington Football Club, and they had talked about how one of their goals was to create a Kickstarter to buy the team from Dan Snyder and have it like owned by the people. And you know, it just it's amazing to to have a team that's owned by the people instead of being at the whim of a terrible owner, which is, you know, it's amazing. And the Green Bay Packers are the only team that has that and the only team that will ever be like that. Yeah, and I was about to say, from what we learned on the the Packers podcast that was so interesting is that this was sort of an accident of history and something that the NFL explicitly will not allow again, even insofar as they are fighting a family of like, was it just like, it's just, a, it's, it's two people who want to co-own it. Yeah. They don't right. allow it. You got to have one even, principal owner, even two people, let alone shareholders is not allowed. So yeah, no, I think it's a totally unique thing and it's like, right. It's, I mean, it, it fits within my worldview of what I think is like a like good and just society too. All right, Joe, that's it. That's, that's the information. Now I, the, the Packers Reddit actually had quite a few responses and, and for the game highlights, they brought up many different games, but I think the one that kept coming up the most in the top four posts were all the Packers Cowboys playoff game from last season, which, you know, was an exceptional game. It was described as an excellent offensive performance followed by the defense choking followed by Rodgers pulling a goddamn miracle out of his asshole to win a game we really shouldn't have. and <laughs> which, which sounds actually like a typical Packer game. Bonus points for the game-winning kick coming from a guy that has a nice redemption story because the Packers didn't cut him when he had a terrible year. And man, both those kicks, the tying kick and the winning kick, both looked terrible, but they both went in. And, you know, that's a classic Packers. It just Everything always goes right for them, except for, of course, the next game when Atlanta kicked their ass. But whatever. That game was a, a shining moment, and if you rewatched it, I think you would be would be significantly moved by that. But anyways, that would be for next week. So, Joe, that's it. That's the data from Reddit. That's the data from the game you watched. You watched the two teams play. I mean, how more perfect could it have been? You've heard the Riley the Diabetic chime in. You've heard Aaron chime in, and you've heard Karsten chime in. Take, take me through your, your thinking right now. Well... I'll tell you my, my thinking. So I think the Packers were certainly more fun team to watch, better team to watch in the game. I think if you look just at the game in itself, the Packers were just all around the team that any any person dispassionately ap- approaching the game would rather root for the Packers. And not just because they won, but because yeah. of just all the things that, that went into it. And I know it's not fair to judge based on one game, but, you know, that's the breaks. Um, on the other hand, I mean, I think that Aaron brings up great points about Rob and I think that, um, you know, there are great points about this being the city that I live in. And then on the other, other hand, like I think the Seahawks and the Packers both have probably maybe even the two best of the four teams that are left, the best, like single reason to root for the team, the best if I have to distill it down into one sentence, what's better about this team than any other team? I think the Packers and the Seahawks both have the the, the, the two best. Uh, yeah, Seahawks, you know, rowdiest, craziest fans that cause the best home field advantage. That's like a cool thing about a team. 
uh, you know, Green Bay, owned by the fans, community owned, small market. Like that's also a very, very cool thing. I think taking the totality of those three things, those three categories, I think I'm going to move the Packers on. Oh, oh my goodness. The Packers are going to wow. make the finals. Wow. Wow. The Packers are in the finals. The Seahawks, boy, they had a great run. They they rode their local home field advantage to all the way to the final four, but no further. The Packers are in the championship. Dan, can we give a heartfelt cannon blast for the Seahawks? <laughs> Chaos is a ladder. <laughs> can we uh, can we just do the Packer Corner theme song one more time? The Seahawks tried valiantly, but <laughs> they flew too close to the Erie, and I had to smack them down. Sansa. Sansa. <laughs> Go with the Packers. I will arrange you to marry a Packer. Sansa. Having, having the favorable field. Can only take you so far, Sansa. <laughs> Prepare for all of the teams, all of the time. Sometimes I like to play a game, Sansa. <laughs> Football. <laughs> right. okay. it's, it's done. We killed. We killed. Okay. okay. So, Joe, when we go to the final, boy, this, the next like five minutes are going to be hitting on all cylinders for our jingles. So, here we go. The finals will be taking us into. It's Packer Corner. Green Bay loves him some Joe. Maybe this it's is actually Packer what we need to pick Corner. up our flagging Pandering listener numbers, the Joe. Heads who write to the show. Brought to you by Milwaukee's Best. Dan, I don't even like the Packers. I'm just worried that if I drop them, our listenership will plummet. <laughs> <laughs> actually, knowing that what we've seen... If you did, although there's certainly a lot of local Seahawks fans. All right. No, this is wow. just like this is just like a reality show where they keep on, you know, the most exciting people, not the yeah, whatever. All right. But you're just I, calling the, balls and strikes. Just just balls and strikes. No. The Packers, Packers, Packers have earned every bit of where they are right now. Wow. All right. And Joe. Shift to the right side of your bracket. And here we go. Come on in, it's warm and cozy, the southern corner of the NFC. Come on in, our feuds are friendly, we clash without the animosity. NFC South Corner, the NFC South Corner. Pick the Saints. You know, I wonder... If I ended up picking the Panthers as my team, if Jay and Jeff would let me into their bet. Yeah. And whether we could shift you into their division, into NFC South Corner. Yeah. I mean, frankly, Dan, if we just found a Bucks fan, we could host our own podcast called NFC South Corner. We already have a theme song. Oh, my God. <laughs> Joe, I don't think that we'd have trouble. No. Well, uh, the Bucks fans were not too fond of this podcast, if I recall correctly. So, so they maybe also not. weren't too fond of my post. But 
Anyways, well, hashtag I mean, probably, pray probably for didn't Tampa. Help you posted it while they were being pummeled by a massive hurricane. <laughs> I, <know. laughs> I felt bad, but it's like I have to lock it in the preseason. <laughs> God. Well, they can't, well, they, well, their game got canceled, so actually they should have had an extra week to do it. Yeah, maybe I'll post it again, actually. <laughs> All right. Anyways, off we go. We've got one email, and it was actually a post that was a Reddit response to my polling the sidelines post from the Falcons forum, and uh, I quoted it and said, I'm gonna, just going to bring this up as an email because it's a very good post. Here we go. Hey, Dan, this is super fan Andrew from Atlanta. I'm a big fan of the podcast and also a pollster for polling the sidelines. I just want to clear up a comment you made about the Falcons stadium TV being impossible. Sir, it is possible because it is real. It's a 60 foot tall halo projection screen that goes around the entire center ring of the stadium. Here's a picture of the ring during the stadium's open house. And I actually saw a a little bit of this uh, on TV that 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 Madden thing was real. It was there. They actually do like project stuff. That's really cool. Yeah, definitely. One more cool fact, the new stadium has fan-first menu pricing. He sent a link to the menu, and I'm going to tell you, Joe, what the menu, if you go to Atlanta, travel in the, like, holodecks or whatever to get to the stadium from your hotel, you won't even have to step outside, you'll pay $2 for a Coca-Cola with a refillable cup, you'd pay $2 for a bottle of water, $2 for a pretzel, $2 for a hot dog, Joe. You'd pay $3 for waffle fries, $3 for a slice of pizza. You'd pay $5 for a cheeseburger, $6 for chicken tenders with fries, and $5 for a beer. Fan-friendly pricing. I mean, that's that's in some cases cheaper than non-stadium pricing. Yeah. Oh, definitely. I mean, there's no bar. I mean, I was at a dive bar the other day. A Bud Light was still like five fifty. Plus, you have to tip. You know, you don't have to tip yeah. at the little concession stand. No, I mean, I have, I have kids. Chicken fingers are fucking expensive in most places. Yeah, well, I mean, I know. I go to the Coliseum all the time for Oakland Athletics games, and I know the pricing is probably the same. It's like twelve dollars for a beer. I mean, that's insane. It's because you know they're rolling in that sweet, sweet Home Depot money. They don't need it. Yeah, I love it. And the Mercedes Benz money. See, that's smart. They take the sponsorship money from the one percenters and they distribute it to the 99 percent it's beautiful what more could you ask for anyways he concludes there is an energy in the city of atlanta that is palpable and we are ready for our redemption run super bowl hangover fuck that fuck the saints rise up with the brotherhood joe wow the brotherhood without banners oh my god it's exactly what it is wow joe you could be in the brotherhood roaming the king's road thinking about how you blew that lead in that battle knowing i could get resurrected if anything befalls me by by a drunken red priest yeah uh yeah no that i mean that tv is amazing if that that's a that that, the fact that's a real thing why doesn't every stadium have that i mean probably because it's super expensive definitely because because they don't have the home depot money joe and the construction know-how that's true. I mean, that is what happens when you know how to construct like that. Yeah. Now, Superfan Karsten also sent in a thing, but he didn't put enough effort into it, so I'm not doing it. He just sent a link, and Deadspin has 32 separate articles, which are entitled, 
why your team sucks. But since Superfan Karsten did not actually pull out the relevant details from that, I'm going to save that for the championship episode and use that as fodder for when I have to make a case for each team. I'm going to rely heavily on Desmond. They wrote like a full like thousand words on why I was, each I was honestly just hoping team. that Jay would, would, would clarify for us what a horse show is, but I guess we'll have to wait till next week. Yeah. I don't know. Jay might not be listening anymore <laughs> once he eliminated his team. It'll, it'll, it'll just have to be on, uh, you know, episode one of NFC South Corner. I mean, the thing is, Joe, all of these super fans before their only way to communicate with us was to listen to the podcast, send in emails. Now they just communicate with each other in the fantasy football league. We sort yeah, of. Yeah, they don't even need us anymore. <laughs> I know. We, th- this is why the listenership is down so much. Everybody's just talking trash. I mean, there's more trash talk in that league than in any the amount of trash talk in any of my fantasy leagues over the last 10 years combined. Oh, I love it. It's immediately become my favorite league. There's constant banter. People are, yeah, are because talking. because you won. They're proposing trades. In, in our other league, the Keeper League, you know, you post important messages about, you know, rule changes and no one even replies to them. Yeah. Uh, okay, let's talk about... So these were obviously two different games. Uh, so which game do you want to talk about first, Dan? Well, Joe, I think much like before, we've got the second seed Falcons going against the 14th seed Panthers. So Atlanta, you know, they won the coin toss. And I think they choose to defer. They want to be talked about second. Oh, they want to be talked about second. Interesting. Look, Interesting. they're a team. They want to get that defense on the field first. They want to let the Panthers show what they got, and then they're going to they're gonna go next. Now, the okay, thing so about once the again, Panthers game in particular is the Panthers game was on TV where I was because they were playing the 49ers, but I could not watch due to my boycott. boycott. Uh, so I did watch the game. I, I had both games on at once. I had um, this game on at the same time as the Seahawks Packers game looks like a pretty resounding victory on paper. Just for those that didn't watch, it looked, the final score I'm looking at is 23 to three. Panthers went on the road, flew all the way to San Francisco. I'm sure, had a great time and kicked the shit out of the 49ers. It was, um, I mean, it was a resounding win, not just on paper but in actuality. And the 49ers looked bad, but not like not terrible, but also, like, man. Uh, your coach out there in San Francisco really likes to go for it on fourth down. That's going to be a problem. Kyle um, Shanahan, the yeah. man. I mean, the I mean myth, maybe the long term it's good, but doesn't really have the personnel for it right now, it seems. I'll just tell you from polling the sidelines, I, I haven't released the preseason rankings yet, but the 49ers fans, very high, very high on Kyle Shanahan. As they should be. So look, so, so, so in the first half, um, Cam Newton looked actually like really rusty. A lot of uh, missed passes. One, one. I mean, what w- should have been a touchdown for almost any NFL quarterback guy wide open in the end zone and just completely missed him. Um, and as I was watching it, I kind of realized like, geez, I thought Cam Newton was better than this. And I realized how spoiled I've been with the Chargers that like, you know, we've had pretty good quarterback play for the last more than a decade. And, you know, I haven't really had to think about quarterback as a, as a position. I'm like, man, it, it would be really frustrating to root for a team that didn't have a good quarterback. Um, but then in the second half, Cam looked great. He looked amazing. 
And so I think it was just preseason rest or whatever, because in the second half, he was hitting some really difficult passes, you know, right on the money and, and, and he looked awesome. Uh, McCaffrey was, Oh yeah. Your, your favorite new all-star player. Yeah. So McCaffrey was, was just, he didn't do much with the opportunities that were given him. He, you know, seemed like he was still finding himself out there, but man, they gave him so, so many, I, I think he had more touches combined than any other player. I'm looking at it right now. looking at the box score. He had, so the ageless and timeless Jonathan Stewart had 18 rushes. McCaffrey had 13 rushes and five receptions. So they clearly want to use him. They use him a lot more in the first half than the second half. They kind of like eased off. I think one, because he wasn't finding his footing uh, quite as easily maybe as they thought he would too, because I think they want to keep him healthy and the game was already over. Oh, it looks like he had a, um, he lost a fumble, Joe. Oh, he and did lose he's a returning fumble. punts? Oh my God, they really got him out yeah. there. No, they just really have him out there. Yes, he did lose a fumble. But in general, like when he broke off a run and when he broke off a catch, like he looked great. He looked super exciting. I mean, look, there's no question in my mind, as cliche as it is right now, because I think he's like a fan favorite, I'd be getting a McCaffrey jersey. I mean, look at this guy. He's, he's great. He's amazing. Yeah. So Jonathan Stewart, the other thing that was interesting to me is Jonathan Stewart still looks really good out there. Like, I don't know how old this guy is, but he still looks great. It's a, you know, when you are always the running back by committee, really extends the career. It's true, man. This guy's, by the end of it, he's going to be like a sneaky, like, like Hall of Fame career for Jonathan Stewart. So yeah, I mean, overall, the Panthers were great. And I, I definitely felt like it was, they were a fun team to watch. Their defense actually looked really, really good. Like they were bringing a severe pass rush. They seemed like they were all over the place. Now that might just be because the 49ers are, are really bad, but like, look, Kyle Shanahan is this offensive genius. And, um, you know, it seems like he would have been able to at least get in the end zone once. And the 49ers were just able to like, they weren't able to get anything against the Panthers defense. We'll see how that holds yeah. up in week two, week three. Yeah, it looks, the numbers are bad. Two for 11 yeah. on third downs. You're right. One for four on fourth down. So he went for fourth down four times. It only got it once. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the 49ers weren't rolling over. I mean, they were, they were, they were doing their best. The Panthers just seemed to have like an answer for everything. So yeah, they were actually a pretty exciting team to watch. I think what I felt in my heart for this game is I definitely felt like I wanted the Panthers to win. They look great and they were just an exciting team to watch. All right. And that it is fun that you're getting to see. And I think it's probably even better because, like, if you were a Chiefs fan, boy, you saw that young player, Hunt, was just like a beast, you know? And he had the perfect arc where he fumbles his first carry and then he's just like unstoppable. You know, the other guy, Tyreek Hill, was just like, when you watch him play, he's just so fast. But, anyways, that's the Chiefs. But for this team, you know, McCaffrey didn't come out that you know, that hot, but you know, over the year, you're going to get to see him, you know, you're going to get to see what he's got. You're going to get to see him grow. He's probably going to have some big games and that's still in the future. Like that's still a, you know, little nugget of your fandom that you haven't seen yet, the development of McCaffrey. And that's still there for the taking. Right, right, right. And you can watch that and say, and take out of it and say, say like, wow, like, look, whatever, learning curve this guy has like they're they're committed to putting the ball in his hands which is exciting to see yeah all right are we ready so, to move on, on to, to the falcons the falcons bears game yeah um so this game was super 
Interesting too. Dan, you didn't watch when this game either. When was this either. game on? This was a morning game. And I actually didn't watch it live, but I watched it. Um, so I, I, I watched the end of it once I saw it was getting like really exciting. And then later I watched the whole thing. From on. what I saw people uh, tweeting about it and commenting about it, that it's like the Bears should have won, but they like botched it at the end. Oh, the Bears. Yeah, I mean, so look, we can start with the ending because I think that is the biggest thing. The Falcons were leading the entire game and then just let the Bears stay in it to the point where it basically was first and goal and there were the Bears had two dropped passes in the end zone one just like broken up pass and then the Falcons had a sack at the end so kind of like a broken down play at the end so but if either of those drop passes were caught and one of them was like really really almost caught like the guy made like he like had it he took some steps it looked like he got it and then just fell out at the end um I mean, there's just no way that they should have won that game. And if 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 the team that they were playing was even a notch better than the Bears are, it would have been no contest. And look, maybe... Maybe the Bears are good. And the right, Bears exactly. are playing at home. Maybe the context of this game is that, is that we're going to look back and the Bears are a 10-6 and six team. So, you know, winning a game 23-17 in Chicago against the Bears when they're all like amped up for the first game of the season doesn't seem so bad. But right and now... And I'll just say the things that I've been hearing in the podcast that are defending Atlanta is A, it's apparently offense takes longer to get into than defense to get everybody in the rhythm. B, they're a dome team playing outside in Chicago. And, you know, it's just week one. And so all of these things combined and the fact that they're going on the road and getting a win is like, you know, that's all you can ask for. Obviously, they could yep. have lost... But, they but we've seen this before, though, Dan, that the Falcons could be one of many teams that historically have a Super Bowl loss hangover the following year. And yeah. this just to me, just watching this game, just looked a lot like a Super Bowl loss hangover year. And th- this is the thing. This is really not fair to the Falcons. But this is just you and I should have talked about this before. The Bears looked great. The Bears, like I was not, not only rooting for the Bears, I was like wishing that the Bears were the team that I was like considering because this guy, Tariq Cohen, who, by the way, is apparently Jewish, which Whoa. I love, obviously. Smarmy and shifty and Jewish. I mean, if if McCaffrey is a new Danny Woodhead, Tariq Cohen is a new Darren Sproles. This guy Whoa. looked. Have you watched the highlights at all? Nope. I mean, talk about Swarmy. Boy, this guy, Joe. this guy can fucking move the ball. He is great. He can super. He exciting. can smarm it up. He can smart. He's smarming all over the field. Smarming inside. Smarming outside. He's, he's spreading spreading that smarmalade all over town. Well, Joe, uh, you did say when I was in Seattle. I think in our moments of being in the air conditioned room, where we should sort of get our sense about us. That you were sad, you felt like you might have made a mistake by eliminating the Bears. Yeah, and I felt I, I felt like that even more watching this game. Where I'm like, man, this Bear team, like, look, maybe they're not going to be great this year, but long term, they're building an exciting core of players. The Bears are going to be good. 
Maybe not and this if year. If memory serves me correctly, I think the Bears would have played the Falcons had they, yeah, because the Falcons beat the Eagles, but the Falcons would have played the Bears. Yeah. Another actual matchup in the NFL that we could have seen. Yeah, no, but that wouldn't have been in the, that wouldn't have been in this round. That would have been in the Elite Eight, so we wouldn't have watched it. But yeah, who knows how it would have played out. Yeah, I think the Bears look great. So, I mean, you know, you know legitimately by the end, I was rooting for the Bears because they were like this young, plucky team. Uh, the Falcons, I mean, still, I mean, even with all this being said about the Falcons, like they're still just an exciting offense. And like the the like constant connection of of Julio Jones from Matt Ryan is just like, I mean, you could just watch Matt Ryan passing to Julio Jones all day as a fan and be happy. Like there's nothing better than that. Yeah. I mean, I'm looking at the the stats and it looks like, they, you know, Matt Ryan, 21 for 30, 321 yards, one touchdown. You know, it's not bad. That's 300 yards and a touchdown. But it seems like they didn't really ever get it going. And certainly the running game doesn't look very good where they rushed for like 60 yards or something. <laughs> yeah, but not at it all. looks like not they had, I mean, this one guy, Austin Hooper, has two receptions for 128 yards and one touchdown. So that's pretty good. Look, I'm... I'm sure this Austin Hooper guy is like a one-game phenom, but let me just say, if he has like two more games like this, he would be the jersey that I get because this big guy, this big big tight end or whatever. Oh, he's their tight end. Oh, my God. Yeah. The man has the fucking best stiff arm I've seen in the league. Both touchdowns were touchdowns that he should have been tackled and stiff-armed his way out of it. And you're like, oh, shit. Like, and he just broke him off. I mean, he broke off an 88-yard catch Wait. from a stiff arm joe it, it this was, is the best branding in history you could be you could start the hooper troopers where you get a, a section in the home depot stadium and you all wear yes. like who like uh those aviator glasses and the like little hats that the atlanta troopers wear although actually might that might uh, be a bad luck in the current political climate <laughs> all right work and on we that stick one. out work our arm that. the whole time like yeah. like we're stiff arming but not, but not doing like a Hitler salute, like, yeah, yeah. To, like to the well, side. Well, whatever. That's something to consider. The Hooper Troopers, or maybe some <laughs> other word that rhymes with them. Hooper Loopers. Oh my God! You're all caddies. You all are like carry a golf bag, and you all dress in that like uh, wear the little um, vest that they wear. Yes. Yes. The Hooper Scoopers, Joe. You all have the little like. Um, dog poop bags on your hands no we bring no we bring ice cream scoops with us that have oh my god you have yeah. the ice cream scoopers yes and that's it yes. and every time he does the stiff arm you all like do scoop the scoop ice cream yeah we do the yeah we do the hooper scoop yeah oh my god i love it i love it but to be fair and perfectly honest if i were buying any jersey coming out of this game it would be the Tariq cohen jersey that i already have ordered yeah <laughs> <laughs> the jersey you're wearing right now on video, I can see. So you say, as an aside, Tariq Cohen, I read that he was Jewish, but then when he scored a touchdown, he did the little cross thing. Oof. So maybe maybe he's just like superstitious. By religion? Maybe he's covering all of his bases. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I sometimes do that like because I think it looks cool, even though I don't even know what it means. And maybe he's just seen so many NFL players do it that he's like, oh, that's what you do when you score a touchdown. Don't you think that's such a big mistake that the Jews make that they don't have like a motion like that? That's like, 
Like the Jews have cutting off a portion of your penis. They have wearing those ridiculous earwalks, <laughs> wearing yeah. a little hat all the time. Like this is not good stuff. This really should have gone back to the drawing board and come up with something cool. Oh yeah, no, I mean talk about talk about bad marketing. Yeah, yeah. I mean it's terrible marketing. I mean, you know they do a lot of bowing when you're in synagogue, but that's not like a public thing. Like yeah, no, I yeah you need like well first of all we definitely need to have a secret handshake. Oh, that'd be great. And I think that's a point that once you're in synagogue, I think it's better. There's none of that kneeling bullshit. There's, I mean, yes. I guess there's a lot of singing in the other one. And I think the fact that you're reading a different language is kind of cool. But outside of synagogue, it's just like, blah. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. And and look, that's why there aren't more Jews out there. We just got to yeah. do a better job selling ourselves. Yeah. Chosen people, you know, it's a good slogan. But if you're not out there actually convincing the people it's just it's just empty words joe <sighs> i know i know we'll figure it out one day <laughs> anyways are we done your 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 hooper mania well you're you're really a cohen broen cohen showen i'm a, oh, a uh, Tariq freak yes yes Oh wow! No, no, no. I think you gotta uh, up. You you gotta play up the Jewish last name. I'm working on it, Joe. I, I don't have the good ideas. I'm going for Cohen. Hmm. But it's got to be something where you can have like you know like the Aaron Judge people all dress up as judges, have the gavel. You know the Hooper yes. troopers are all well. The Hooper scoopers all have the ice cream scoops. Yep. 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 Because if you were the Tariq freaks, you could all dress up as Rick James. And then every time he <laughs> scores a touchdown, you're like, do the super freak thing. And that could be like the song that plays in the stadium. And, and all of the super freaks just start dancing. We'll have to work on it. Tariq, the Tariq freaks are the best so far, for sure. Not as good as the Hooper scoopers, though. Yeah, Hooper scoopers is, I like that. All right. So that's it. You've watched the games. You've analyzed it. Now, let's uh, let's move on to the Reddit post, Joe. We got let's some juicy material here. And once again, we we go to the Atlanta Falcons, and they deferred to the second half. So now the second half begins, and they are up. The Falcons and the top comment, the one with the most posts, was simply, the Falcons are the only team that made me cry inconsolably at a TV screen. <laughs> I've voted a million times. Then another fan elaborates in a separate thread. All of the top like five comments were all the same in the same theme, this theme. Being a Falcons fan is Murphy's Law. What can go wrong does. We have a history of blunders that is so close to being erased. We had Dion. He leaves and gets two rings, becomes a Hall of Famer. Had Favre and traded him. Made it to the Super Bowl, and Eugene Robinson gets arrested the night before soliciting a prostitute and have the electrifying Michael Vick, who fought dogs. This team has been around since 1966 and didn't have back-to-back winning seasons until 2009. We had an insurmountable lead in the 2012 championship game and blew it to the 49ers. Oh, I remember that. Wow. Started 2015 6-1, finished 8-8, eight and, eight, and then, of course... <sighs> The Super How do Bowl you last do that? year. That's terrible. Yeah. Make no mistake, being a Falcons fan isn't easy, but it will all be worth it. 
And this gets me to the second part of the, the, the Falcons fan post came in two themes. One theme is the first theme that the Falcons are just the chargers of the NFC. I mean, what can go wrong? I mean, all of this is like no surprise to you. Not, I mean, the chargers had the most Falcony charger game, but it's like at least it sounds like the Falcons, like were on the precipice of falconing and then somehow you know, got victory against the jaws of defeat thanks on a, two, a few timely drops. But the second point is about football. Easy. It's easy why you'd want to root for the Falcons and what's unique. We are young, young, young. Hop on the bandwagon now and watch these youngsters turn into pro bowlers and win some rings. No other team has as much potential as us. On paper, we destroy every team. It's true, even the Patriots. Top wide receiver, top five QB, running backs and offensive line, potentially top 10 defense, potentially top five linebackers, potentially top 10 secondary. The defense is young and unproven. You can see the talent level there. It's insane. So, you know, the 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 point is you are getting on the beginning of what could be a very dominant stretch with this team. Yeah, I like that, though. I would argue that that's not like, it's not necessarily uh, unique. I mean, there's a, there's a few other teams that I think can claim to be, like, I think the Raiders can make that claim. Well, I, it's worth noting, to defend our good Falcons fans, that all the top comments were related to their blowing yes. it. Yeah, no, Over. I mean, I think that that's the right answer. And I even right? forgot I mean, about these things. I mean, yeah, Michael Vick, holy yeah, crap. Yeah, I know. No, I mean, the right answer is that the Falcons are the Chargers of the NFC. And in fact, when you go through that whole history, it almost makes me think maybe the Chargers are actually the Falcons of the AFC. Like maybe maybe the Falcons are more Chargery than the Chargers are. I yeah. mean, I guess we had the whole Ryan Leaf thing. So you, we could probably go down like a list of, of comparable misery and be pretty close. I honestly feel like if the Super Bowl was played by the Chargers, everything would have happened exactly the same, except for the Chargers would have won the overtime coin flip. They would have received the ball, then fumbled the kickoff, and then the (laughs) Patriots would have walked it in for the touchdown. Oh, my God. The game would have ended like that, as opposed because at least Atlanta could be like, well, we lost the coin flip and got screwed. The Chargers would definitely win the coin flip and then botch it after that. Oh, but you're missing the like the poor decision-making that would have had to go into it. So the Chargers would have won the coin flip, actually moved the ball, and moved it to a point where they probably should have gone for a field goal or something, but they would have said, no, we're going to punt it instead. They would have punted it when they shouldn't have, and then the punt would have been returned immediately. Yeah. But anyways, I think that, (laughs) you know, it's familiar. But look, Joe... One of these teams is going to have to win eventually. And look, look at what we saw in week one. We had two teams have games come down to the wire. The Chargers lose on a block kick. And the Falcons win when the other team drops the ball in the end zone. Like, you know, maybe the universe is saying something. Maybe the universe is finally going to let one of these two teams and not the Chargers win. Yeah, definitely not the Chargers. Now, look, I mean, I think that is absolutely the right answer of the one thing that is unique about the Falcons. So the Panthers, this came up over and over again. All the top comments were about this concept. So I've um, taken uh, some of the comments and then added in a little research to go with it. So they said, what is unique to the Panthers 
and they say the Panthers have the keep pounding, a mantra and chant the team lives by, which was coined by the late Sam Mills. So how did this come about? Sam Mills was a professional football veteran. He played in the NFL and a five-time Pro Bowler. He was part of the very first Panthers team from 95 to 97 and retired after that last season, retired as a Panther. He took the job as a coaching assistant with the Panthers in 1999, but in August 2003, he was diagnosed with colon cancer. However, on a typical game week, Mills would undergo seven hours of chemotherapy on Monday, seven more on Tuesday, three more on Wednesday, and what would he do? On Thursday, he would return to work coach through the game on Sunday and start the process all over again the next week on the night before a home playoff game against the Dallas Cowboys on January 2nd, 2004, then head coach John Fox asked Sam Mills to address the team in the Charlotte hotel. Mills shed light on his struggle in an emotional speech imploring the team who would later go on to beat the Cowboys and advance to the Super Bowl that year to quote, keep pounding. The team started repeating Mills' words more as his condition grew worse. Instead of 1-2-3 win, it was keep pounding. They also put the numbers of Sam Mills and Mark Fields, a linebacker at the time diagnosed with a more treatable form of cancer, on the t-shirts they wore under their pads. In mid-2005, Sam Mills died. However, keep pounding remained with the team internally and with diehard fans for the years that followed his death. They always had the motto among themselves, and in 2012, when the Panthers started, uh, when the Panthers sort of updated their um, image a little bit, they added the keep pounding thing as sort of an official part of the team, and in fact, now, before each game, they wheel out a massive drum onto the middle of the field, and they get like a, a former player, or like a celebrity or somebody who comes out and swings a giant drumstick and pounds the giant drum. And then, you know, they're, that's like their whole thing. Keep pounding. And, you know, they've, they've turned this uh, inspirational speech and mantra into sort of the, um, the defining characteristic of like the fandom. And so much so that, you know, when you ask what's unique about the fan, just keep pounding, keep pounding, keep pounding. And, and the, the fan base sort of like, they themselves the keep pounding is just like how they consider their their fandom with the team and i'm sure if the team loses they just say hey we just got to keep pounding i'm sure if the team wins that you just got to keep keep it going and uh you know it's an inspirational story and all of the fans were very proud of this story and very proud of the mantra of their team wow i wonder if if uh brooklyn decker has ever uh hit the keep pounding drum I would not be surprised. I mean, that that's probably got to be like a dream of hers, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, I think if you are a Panther fan, your dream, like every fan dreams of going on the field and hitting the drum. Oh, look, here's pictures of Steph Curry, apparently huge Panther fan hitting the drum. Yeah. It's from North Carolina. That makes a lot of sense then. Well, Dan, this is a tough choice. So... On one hand, the Panthers were clearly the more enjoyable team to watch and were much more fun and played a better game. The Falcons were less enjoyable, but to be fair, like they still lived up to their billing as the NFC Chargers. 
the games that both of them played were exciting games, though like the Panthers weren't exciting because they were close. They were exciting because the Panthers were just doing great, exciting things on the field. The Falcons actually had a close, fun game, which they actually won. So that's exactly what you want from a team. Um, but on the other hand, the Panthers were definitely more enjoyable. Um, in terms of the one true like thing about the team that's different, I think the Falcons, there's a lot of teams that talk about misery, but the Falcons really do. And maybe it's just because the Super Bowl is so recent in our mind, but they really do just have uh, such a like history of coming close and then falling short or just getting fucked over by the weirdest things. And it does feel so Charger-esque. On the other hand, this Keep Pounding story is a great story. Like I could see just, you know, you know, telling that story myself if I were a Panther fan. Um, I don't know, Dan. What do you think I should do? What would you do? Look, this it's not up to me, Joe. It's not it's not up to me. You it's it's up to you. You've got the data. This is a harder decision than the Look, last one was. I mean, the Seahawks I, both teams Seahawks have Packers so much in common, as we, we talked about. Both teams have never won a Super Bowl. Both teams have been to two Super Bowls. Both teams have lost them both. Both teams are in the same division. They're both probably going to be good this year. They're probably going to be competitive. They're going to have a lot of fun games. If either team made it back to... I mean, the story for both is there. If the Falcons make it back to the Super Bowl, obviously... The redemption. I mean, imagine if the Super Bowl were Falcons Patriots again. You I mean unimaginable? But the Panthers just the same. Fifteen and one two years ago. If Cam Newton starts being Cam Newton again, you know he was the league MVP, and Cam Newton gets back to form as you said he was doing in the second half. They could be Super Bowl contenders, and of course they get to the Super Bowl again. I mean, imagine a Broncos Panthers Super Bowl where they can get revenge. You know, the storylines for both of these teams are just, you know, I think these are why these are the teams that made it to the Final Four. These are teams that are not only going to be, they not only meet so much of your criteria for the, the stuff we were doing in the early part, but these are teams that, you've watched the games. These are teams that are going to be fun to follow this year and in future years. So, you know... Look, I mean, you can always go to the seeding. The Falcons are the second seed. They were very highly scoring in your rankings, whereas the Panthers were the 14. However, you know, maybe the you, you the aspects of the the Panthers you like more when it when it comes to to watching them on on TV and and you know, look, the heart wants what it wants. If you're watching the game and connecting with one team more than the other, then maybe that's the team you want to pick. Yeah, Dan. This is hard. Here's what I think. I think that when I think about Atlanta, I think about this team that so similar to the Chargers carries all this baggage. And like not just historical baggage, but like really recent trauma. Trauma that is like PTSD level trauma. And I think as a Charger fan, I feel that too. And so much of my football fandom has been defined through like the pain that you carry from 
10 seasons ago and then what it means when you'll have the release of that pain. And so signing up for a franchise that has that is just such a natural fit. But when I think about that baggage, it can't help but feel like someone else's baggage. And signing up for it would just not be that same release. There's almost a like excitement about a team that is less weighed down with that. The Panthers have their own history and their own trauma, but it's not like the Falcons or the Chargers. And I think maybe some of it is watching the games. It came out in that where you're like, when you watch the Falcons in a close game, it's like, oh my God, not again. Like even when they win up until that moment, you're like, oh fuck, are they really, is this really going to happen? You know, the Panthers, I imagine you watch them in a close game and it's sort of like, oh, I hope, hope they, <laughs> hope they don't lose. Uh, it doesn't feel like it's dredging up all these old memories. I think I'm going to move the Panthers through. Dan, I'm moving the Panthers through. Wow. Wow. All right, Joe. The number two seed. The We have so many super fans. The Falcons are dead. Now, Joe, have you have you looked at the NFL schedule? No, I haven't. I intentionally did not want to say this because I did not want to jade your opinion. But Joe, boy, you botch this. Guess who's playing what? next week on Sunday Night Football? Who's playing next week on Sunday Night Football? The Atlanta Falcons versus the Green Bay Packers. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, that would have been so perfect. Well, I know. I at least no one can I, accuse us of doing that on purpose. <laughs> I know. I couldn't. I didn't want to bring it up. I thought it's a you know such a powerful uh, thing. So now it would have been so have, perfect. Okay, it, it literally would have been kismet, Joe. But it wasn't to be, and that's that's what this is. This is an honest podcast series. Yeah. Oh man. All right. So I'm the sad. Panthers and the Packers. The Panthers versus the Packers. The 14th seed Panthers versus the fifth seeded Green Bay Packers. Now, Joe. And last week, we asked our super fans what they were rooting for, and I have not looked. I don't know well, if anybody voted. I am going to yeah. look now for the first time and see. In the first matchup, Seahawks versus Packers, what were the fans rooting for? Oh, my goodness. 28 votes, exactly 50-50. Wow. Wow. <laughs> wow. 28 votes. That's one of our highest vote totals. Exactly split right down the middle and for this matchup falcons panthers oh my god joe is this a did, did we get hacked by the russians 28 votes exactly 50 50 are you serious did, i mean this is i i don't know if there's some bug here <laughs> well now i feel like i've just disappointed half the people you have <laughs> Oh, uh, damn it. Well, no, I'm looking at the data. It's 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 valid. Hopefully I disappointed a different half each time, right? So hopefully the half that wanted me to pick the Seahawks also wanted me to pick the Panthers. So it's possible that 100% of people still have one team to root for. It is possible. Now, Joe, speaking of the upcoming schedule, well, who are these teams playing next week? 
Of course, we're going to want to follow their Week 2 game. Absolutely. The Green Bay Packers are traveling to Atlanta to play the eliminated Atlanta <laughs> Falcons in Sunday night Watch, football. Now, like knowing that, what's going to happen is the Falcons are going to be like amazing. They're going to be this totally exciting team to follow. Uh, the whatever. national game of the week. And the Panthers are home for the Buffalo Bills, Joe. Very, very exciting game. Jeez, the Panthers have like a fucking cupcake schedule too. I kind of like that. Um, all right. So let me tell you what I'm going to, what I want to do for the final. Okay. So first of all, I think we should talk about the two games and talk about what we see in week two. Secondly, I, as, as I had promised, but still haven't done, but I'm going to do it for now for these two teams. I'm going to spend a day wearing some paraphernalia for the Packers and some for the Panthers just to see what it's like out there. Test out the climate. See what kind of conversations it leads to, whatever. So I'm going to do that. want to talk about that experience. And then I think, Dan, this is something that I've been thinking about. So at the end of the day, this podcast, you know, we have all of our fans. We have all the external stuff we've brought out. But at the end of the day, it's, it's me and you talking about teams. And what I want is... For you, Dan, and with the help of our super fans, I want them to give you ammunition. I want you to make your best argument to me for the Packers and against the Panthers. And then I want you to make your best argument to me for the Panthers and against the Packers. And just not a full pro con, just like what is the best thing? And you know me better and our super fans know me well too now. What are the things that I should be thinking about? And what's the most persuasive argument? Okay. Well, Joe, I'm, I'm pretty thankful I have a week to recover because I'm, I'm mourning the loss. I think I'm going to become a Falcons fan. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, it's I'm true. mourning the, the loss. The, I'm mourning the, the fact that I would have only had to watch one game to watch both of the teams. I'm, I'm, I'm in mourning, Joe, but I think with a week to reflect on it, with the information the superfans give me, and look, it's not Dan picks an NFL team, it's Joe picks, and I, you know, even in those early rounds, there was something in the Panthers that you were liking. There's some aspect of them, and it's taken them all the way to the finals, and, you know, we'll, we'll see. They, they might be the team. Or, I mean, it just could not be two teams that are more different. An expansion team that has had, you know, some amount of success, but versus, you know, the team that the, the trophy is named after, the, their, right. the famous right. coach. Right. You know, it, it's going to be a really interesting matchup. And, and certainly there, there are going to be arguments to be made on both sides. And so for the super fans out there, and I know if you're an Atlanta super fan, you're as depressed as I am right now. But please pick whichever of the teams you hate the most, which will probably be the Panthers, and get in your feedback. Although both teams are... I mean, if the Packers beat the Falcons this weekend, boy, the Falcons fans are really going to hate the Packers. And, I mean, if Atlanta beats the Packers, though, they're probably going to feel pretty good. Yeah, I mean, look, I think... Really, as I look forward to this matchup, and as I thought about these four too, like I really, you know, 
Less people think I do more work for this podcast than I actually do. I really was coming into this tonight, totally blank slate. And I honestly, like, I'm even trying not to think about it because I want to be reacting freshly on the podcast, but I honestly cannot tell you which team I prefer between the Panthers and the Packers. I think one is like the Panthers have sort of been this emerging team that has been so interesting because they didn't do great on what were our original 10 criteria, but then in, in a lot of the criteria that we've had after that, they've kind of, they've kind of won each matchup. Like they have this great bar in Seattle and they played a great game that we watched, you know? So it's like some of the other criteria we've added in later have actually been huge boosts for the Panthers versus the Packers who have like always been a front runner and have just been having this strong year in every ep- I mean, it's a joke, but we talk about him every episode for a good reason. So, um, you know, who the hell knows? Who the hell knows, man? Yeah. Well, I'm already thinking of arguments, I can say, on both sides. But we'll save that for next week. And I, I need this. I feel as empty inside, Joe, as I did in the waning moments of that Super Bowl. Dan, you and, know what you uh, need to make you feel better? You need a fuzzy a fuzz- cola. A fuzzy cola, <laughs> Yeah. Uh, what I really want to get is a fuzzy cola at the Atlanta Stadium. I mean, I'm exci- I'm going to watch this Sunday night football game. And, you know, presumably after the Washington Football Club travels to Los Angeles and gets the shit kicked out of them by the, like, terrible Rams, that's really going to put the, the nail in the coffin of the Washington Football Club. And, you know, good. Put them out of their misery soon. And then I will tune in on Sunday night. I mean, it's like a must-watch game, and you know, I, I'm I hope my Falcons do something great, and they can become my new. Yeah, screw it. I mean, I just want to stop rooting. I was listening to this podcast <laughs> with these two Washington fans, and they're both like, like one of the guys was like, you know what this franchise needs to do, or what the fans need to do. Like, in order to be a good fan, you have to stop watching the games on television. You have to stop going to the stadium. Because the only way the team will actually become good if the value starts going down, so Dan Snyder sells the team, and then they're like, "It's a good point. It's a good you point. must Dan, not watch the games to be a good fan." Maybe the shocking twist of Joe picks an NFL team is that through this process, you're going to pick a new NFL team, and it's going to be the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited, but I do I honestly like. I like the Green Bay Packers too. They're generally the second team I root for. So this game. It's very interesting the way you talked about the Panthers game where for whatever reason it was, and I think this happens based on fantasy, based on just something that happens in the game, you just find some reason to root for a team. And you were talking about in the Panthers game, you just found this connection with the team for whatever reason. And the Sunday night game is going to be an interesting because I like both of those teams. And as the game goes on, I mean, maybe Aaron Rodgers is going to do something that just blows me away. And it's like, how can I... How can I not love Aaron Rodgers? Or maybe Matt Ryan and the Atlanta Falcons are going to do something. And, um, you know, rematch of But a, do me a favor, a, Dan. But do me a favor. You know, you got to help me out. Watch the Panther game, too. Don't just, don't just watch the Packers. How watch can the I Panther watch game the Panther too. game, Joe? Send me the stream. Wait. Yeah, wait a few days because someone on Reddit will post the, like, um, the edited version of it, which is the best way to watch football anyway. And then watch that. Well, Joe, the the name of my team in 
the league that I won last year is Cam You Hear Me Now, where my star quarterback, Cam Newton, was the star quarterback of my championship winning team. So I'll definitely see in real time how, like, the players are doing and how Cam's doing. But, you know, uh, so I'll watch the game afterwards and sort of fill in the details. But I- I'm Perfect. certainly following the game, and I have a- always a vested interest in that team. All right, Dan, one more episode. That's it. Yeah, thank God. <laughs> and by the time everybody's hearing this, I'll have edited this two and a half hour episode. Although I'm going to, by the time it gets into people's podcast feed, I'm cutting out a bunch of this crap. <laughs> Is it going to be a four-parter? No. No, I'm going <laughs> to release it as a one. Well, maybe I should. I don't know. No, it <laughs> should be a one The first part should just be our inane talk about Apple. <laughs> Uh, and then Joe, wait. No. So for the final poll, you were you were saying earlier you wanted to do what should the Chargers name? But I think there should be a poll that is what are the fans rooting for? Because I like a. I feel like the poll must have messed up, even though I checked the code and it like didn't mess up. But B, I just can't believe that the fans were fifty 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 on both votes. I mean, I need the fans. I need to know. I the fans need to like get off the fence and make a decision. So I, I really okay, want to a, ask who the fans are rooting for. Here's, here's what I want. Can we do three polls, Dan? I want one poll that is our question about discharges or dischargers and stray bolts. Okay. Or submit any other names and we can talk, and we'll talk about it in the final episode. Well, the poll um, can't do that. You would have to email yeah, no, no, us no, but the they different can email name. It in. Yeah. Yep. 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 Um, the second poll, and I, and, and, and I won't look at this, I want to know which team they're rooting for. And then the third poll, I'd like to know which team they predict will win. All right. So different I question. I can do it, Joe. No. Yeah, yeah. I'll put it all up. And based on the responses, based on the fact that there are 28 responses and like 100 listeners, this... The, the super fans, it, it is true. Like, we've whittled them down, and we've now just got the, like, super, super fans. And they'll, they'll do it. They'll fill yep. out three polls, Joe. We're like Donald Trump. We have our base that we can't go below, no matter what we do. No matter yeah. how long we could release a seven-hour podcast, we have our base. You eliminating the Atlanta Falcons might be the biggest test of how strong our base is. Although, oh, you know what, I maybe, say that maybe. I say that because I've fallen in love with this team, but it, I come to think of it, a lot of our fans do hate the Falcons. And the poll was 50-50. Yeah, I'm shocked. I, I still feel like there must be some error, but I, I mean, I'm looking at the, the, the data. Or there was someone who was voting in the poll and intentionally wanted it to be 50-50, so voted until it got to 50-50. Just like how my dad, when he's in charge of scoring miniature golf, makes sure that everybody ties. Yeah. Maybe my dad was voting and didn't want anyone to have their feelings hurt, so he made it 50-50. It's possible. I don't know. I, my whole life's a blur, Joe, because of this. <laughs> <laughs> Dan, Dan, you're clearly not in a good space right now. I'm not. Uh, we'll talk again next episode. All right. So everybody, get in your feedback. Get in your feedback about this episode about other names for the Chargers. Oh, Dan. I know why you don't have closure. Dan, I know why you're upset. We never did a Falcons cannon blast. You can't move on yet. (laughs) Ready? Wait, but Joe, 
I don't want to move on. I'm I'm a Falcons fan now. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, that's how it's going to turn out. Next week, you're gonna you're gonna make your decision that you're gonna actually stick with the L.A. Chargers, and I'm gonna become a Falcons fan. Shocking, shocking twist. Yeah. And then our hundred listeners will go down to zero, and that's it. The podcast you should, will have yeah, ended. Yeah, you should actually. You should you should add stick with the Chargers and boycott the NFL as options on the poll. The the thing is that's really going to happen next week for the Chargers. So the Chargers a Charger the first game, but next week for the first time the Chargers are hosting an NFL football game in like a twenty thousand seat stadium, which is going to be. If it's going to be interesting. I mean, it's going to be a unique television experience. So it'll be, it'll just be something unique to the Chargers. But then again, it's not a long term thing. You know, like three years from now, they're going to be in some corporate bullshit stadium. But it, they've no, got, but it's going to be like watching intrigue. like the like, you know, fucking like Larry's Pest Control Bowl, like the like the 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 six hundred eightieth bowl game of the year. Like it's just going to be empty stands. Well, they're not going to be able to fill a but 20. But now they're going to be able to fit. They're going to be able to pack the 20,000 people. It's going to be weird. Yeah, I'm interested for that, but I'm not going to become a Chargers fan. Especially, I mean, maybe Hitku made that <laughs> and to to get my victory, but you know, the Chargers screwed me again, Joe. Anyways, you screwed me again. This whole damn podcast screwed me. This two and a half hour editing has screwed me. But you know what, Joe? One final one left. Super fans. Get in your feedback. Help me out. Tell and Dan, me. Dan, at least you positive. still have your beloved Washington Football Club. Ugh. Tell me positive things about the Panthers. Tell me positive things about the Packers. Tell me negative things about the Panthers. Tell me negative things about the Packers. Tell me negative things about Joe. That's going to help me right now in my time of mourning. And <laughs> that's it, folks. F- fill out the polls. You have a full week to get this in. So we'll you know, we'll record like next weekend, and yeah. See you, Joe. All right, thanks, Dan. <laughs>